I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today was Andy Junk, and he talked to me about his incredible love of Batman. Um, I think it was very apparent from the moment I stepped into his humble abode that he was a huge fan. He was wearing a Batman t-shirt behind him on the wall in his parlor, as he referred to it. There was a Batman clock. Uh, he, He gave me a a little quick tour of his um, place with his wonderful girlfriend Jen and uh, over their bed hangs a uh, uh, metal uh, sign for Batman over where he sleeps and a metal sign for Wonder Woman over where his girlfriend sleeps which was both adorable and telling of what was to come in the conversation Um, Andy really ran the gamut on uh, all things Batman. We covered movies, animated series, uh, video games, comics, um, and I think he has a unique um, viewpoint on this in that he kind of taught himself about uh, Batman. He was like, oh, Batman is a thing I like. I want to get into something really heavily. I'll get into Batman uh, at some point while he was in high school. Um, which I think is cool, and he says that anyone who's looking for something to do, <laughs> looking for something to be into, should do something like that, because um, it was a lot of fun, and obviously it led to something that he's really uh, passionate about and into. Um, Andy is an incredibly kind, uh, fun improviser to watch, and just an all-around good joy of a person to be around, which is something we uh, get into at the very end of the episode. Um I was going to say one last thing about... Oh, he has been so incredibly supportive of the podcast. He just started listening. Um, He told me he's been through all the ones of people that he knew, and then he's been through topics that he enjoys, and now he's just kind of coming back through other episodes. And I, it's still kind of miraculous to me that um, someone would go uh, through all that, use their time, so... It seems like he's enjoying it, and then he reached out to me to be a guest because, as I say frequently on the podcast, I love when people do that because it means to me that they do want to be doing this, Uh, whereas if I just ask someone, I can never really gauge what their interest level is or if they're doing it um, obligingly. I'd rather have somebody who wants to be here and talk to me, and uh, I always know that's the case if the guest asks me if they can join me. Um, real quick, uh, throwback to something that I talked about maybe a month or so ago on the show, maybe a little more than that, um, about not letting one asshole, um, get you down. Uh, and that, uh, lesson for this weekend was, uh, that on Friday night, um, someone stole my bike, uh, and I had locked it up to a post and I have to assume that they took a wrench and undid the bolt at the bottom of the post that I had checked before I uh, left it locked there to make sure it was pretty secure and it was so they would have had to do a decent amount of work 
to get it undone and then undo my U-lock that was on it. And because of all of this effort, I was certain I would not see it again and was pretty devastated, man. I'm not going to lie to anybody. I, it's the way I get around and uh, uh, I was a big fan of um, the bike that I had because it, it's my size and uh, it's not easy to find cheap road bikes that fit that description. Uh, Lo and behold, about 24 hours later, after a lot of uh, anger and sadness, um, I got a phone call from an unknown number during a show, uh, so I ignored it, and uh, then they called again, so I was like, well, at least let it go to voicemail. And then they called again, uh, and I thought to myself, well, this could be about my bike, but I didn't want to get my hopes up because it was such a long shot. Uh, and it was a fellow improviser, um, via, uh, it's who I know via One Group Mind, um, and he said, hey, this is Zach, um, I think I found your bike, and he, uh, described a couple of, uh, very distinctive features about it, um, and he had seen that I had posted on Facebook, uh, hey guys, my bike just got stolen, don't lock your bike to this post, one, and two, if you see... A small Raleigh with uh, green handle bar wraps, it may be mine, and he had remembered and spotted it outside of an Einstein's bagel about mm, maybe a mile up Clark Street from where the bike had been stolen originally, and it had just been uh, left there unlocked, so he took it back, and uh, I, I miraculously uh, retrieved a bike that had been stolen from me. Um, through the power of uh, someone in my uh, network of friends seeing it and keeping an eye out for me. And um, not just Zach, but so many other people uh, in that that day and, and since then who hadn't heard that I had found it have been so kind and helpful and, and just so, like, distraught for me. It, it's so silly that... Um, you know, it is just a thing, but everyone can relate to how much that sucks. Everyone uh, knows how often I ride it and and how frustrating that can be, especially when it was something that was uh, relatively unavoidable. Um, but I, I bought a new lock, and I'm not locking up to signposts anymore, even if it inconveniences me. <laughs> uh, but I got it back, and... And, you know, I, I don't, I still don't know how to really fully get my head around it. I'm just happy that it happened and that I still have, uh, my bike. And so thanks for everyone who lended a kind word and thanks a lot to Zach for keeping an eye out. Some real quick plugs before we get into the episode. Check out Raygun Reagan every Friday night at 8 at the One Group Mind Theater. That's at the old Lynx Hall at the corner of Newport and Sheffield. Those shows will continue until mid-September when we will be uh, changing venues. Um, And who knows what the uh, other iterations will look like after that point. So instead of waiting to see, you should come between now and mid-September and see one of those shows. We're also losing two members, so regardless of what happens after that point... Um, 
Reagan Reagan will look different um, to past guests of the show are both departing Chicago, um, Scott Braidman and Nick Johnson, and they're two very near and dear people to me. Um, and I would love to have as many people come out and see some of their last shows as possible. Uh, so if you're within the sound of my voice and have yet to see a Raygun show or haven't seen one in a while, or maybe you're there all the time, uh, keep coming Fridays at 8 um, while you still can. This weekend, the first and second at the Playground Theater will be a huge event uh, for the theater called Gimme 500. You may be familiar with the Gimme 5 competition that happens every Wednesday late night. Uh, That's five minutes of solo sketch from each individual performer. Well, this is a hundred performances of five minutes of solo sketch from a hundred different performers. My slot is on Friday at 11 if that's something that interests you, Um, but check out the entire schedule on the Playgrounds website and uh, go see some other performers because it's going to be a really, really fun uh, group of shows. A quick reminder, too, about the Jangle Heart Circus Festival that will be August 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. The Nerdlogs are on the 23rd. That's a Saturday at 8 o'clock. And please check out Drunk in a Trunk with Andy Junk, which is my guest Andy Junk's show where he gets inebriated and interviews a friend of his. Um, He told me he drinks at least eight to ten beers before he records episodes of it, which I think sounds like a true delight, just like this episode was. So get into it, and that man begins. We got got 44. We also have... Yeah, and we also have Mac-like technologies, so if I happen to fling it, it'll just... It won't send Magnus, everything... Magnus, Mac technology, just Magnus. Magnus, how do they work? Um, but, okay, but, you know what, real fast about that. People make fun of Insane Clown Posse, because, like, how do Magnus I'm work? I'm glad you knew. No, nobody knows how Magnus work, though. That's one of the... Fun, like, we were talking... This weekend, we were talking about it. The fundamental forces of the galaxy are, like, magnetism, yeah. like gravity and like another one uh, and like these yeah. I can't remember what the third one is but like these are the fundamental things that like like why do things do anything and like eventually you whittle it down to like well it's because of magnetism or uh, it's because of gravity uh, and it's like <laughs> we don't know how they work dude. that's a legit question right and we've been giving these guys a really hard time about it just because they wear clown makeup and they're also like racists and sexist yeah and all that stuff. they're also horrible yeah, people they're, they're who have horrible things I mean, for I'm the sure most part some like like Juggalo just like getting real pissed at me if he's listening to this right now but for real magnets nobody knows how they work I forgive them for that I think that's a legit question alright okay. I'm glad you're letting them off the hook yeah well you're, not you're, for everything but for that right? just, just that one. Oh man that's really funny I'm also glad that you understood immediately oh, that's yeah, what yeah. I was referencing I'll, I think we're going to be on the same page for a long time I'm excited about <laughs> oh, that oh my god okay Oh, man. Today's guest is Andy Junk. Hello. He's going to talk to me about his love of Batman. Yes, I do. And we are in his lovely living room. Thank you. His, of his lovely Logan Square flat. I'm going to call it a flat. Really? Yeah. I think oh, it's how, more than an apartment. Yeah, I love that. And this is the parlor, then. It's not like Ooh, the main room. Yeah, the parlor. Yeah. And he has a nice little office that he pointed out to me. Yeah. And I share all these things. They're, these are all possible because of my lovely girlfriend. I would... This would be... I'd be living... If, if I had my druthers, I'd be living, like, in a closet paying $25 a month. So right. Like, but, like, this is a, how an adult lives, and I'm learning that now. <laughs> <laughs> Figuring it out. 
Fair enough. I feel like you wouldn't be the only person in a relationship to like have that experience. Yeah. That the that the significant other changed the yeah. way the way of living, probably I, for the better. Yeah, like you learn how to be uh, an adult, and ideally you do so in a way without like changing who you are. Right. Which I think yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing that, so I it's like. Think, you know. Yeah, I mean. You have already said earlier in my coming here that uh, things that look nice are because All of Jen. Nice, yeah. Everything that looks silly and fun is because, of, or not fun, but yeah. just well, silly I mean, Jen, and childish. Jen has her own fun things, but Jen also has an eye for like, oh, I also want this place to look nice. And I'm like, oh, okay. I want people to come and be like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> so like, as long as you marry those two styles together, I'm okay with it. As far as I can tell, you've done it beautifully. Oh, thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I also, um, I feel like I was at, I think it's also something that just naturally happens when couples move in together. They naturally start to kind of like build a, they, they give their place a little bit more like personality as yeah. a unit. Yeah, and I wonder, too, like, how much of it's um, just, like, A and B mixed together, and how much of it's, like, this new version of, like, each other, like, right. you're going together and creating this new scene Yeah, thing. I think it's a lot easier. Did you guys move in here together? Yes. So, neither one of you lived here before that? Neither one of us, yeah. See, I think that's way easier. I agree with that, Then if yeah. one person moves in with the other one, then it just, like, the original person's personality kind of permeates everything. Yeah, and it's, like, then instead of building something together, you're, like like taking away something from somebody else to Uh make your mark and you kind of have the person moving in has to like squeeze their things in somewhere yeah I was talking to somebody about this and but like we decided the advantage the other one is that you don't have to start from scratch which is good yeah so it's kind of like you know would you rather have this template built for you but you have to like switch things around or would you rather just like have a blank template that you like build together together. but that's a lot more work yeah but yeah man hey getting being an adult am I right boy Speaking of being an adult. Oh, here it comes. <laughs> Andy's going to talk to me about his love of Batman. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he already obviously has a bit of self-awareness surrounding this love. Yes. And he wore a Batman t-shirt. I wore a Batman t-shirt. And he was going to wear his it's Batman pajama idea. pants. Would, yeah, but they're dirty because I wear them often. Um, I have Ninja Turtle pajama pants that yeah. I wear. If I'm wearing pajama pants, they are my Ninja Turtle pajama pants. I love the Ninja Turtles. I'm too, so man. heartbroken about the new movie because they look so creepy. I just saw a trailer and it looks like a hot piece of garbage. It's going to be real bad. It's going to be so bad. <laughs> it looks awful. And like the story surrounding how that movie was made has already been so back and forth really? and terrible. Yeah. Um, apparently, is this Michael Bay, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, Michael Bay wanted to do all of these really drastic changes to the, like, mythology that is the Ninja Turtles. Why even make a Ninja Turtles movie, man? Right? Like, just make a movie make an that's alien movie. what you want to do. Right. Yeah. That's what he wanted to do, was make them, instead of mutants, he was going to make them aliens. I knew that, yeah. I heard and that. And so, like, it's in the name of the thing. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, they're well, not we're gonna, tans. We're going to be a little bit older, and I'm more into, like, frogs. So right. Like, just, you know, <laughs> we're like, going to... Yeah, middle-aged alien, alien frogs. frogs. It's Dude. so... Stupid. Yeah, it, that's such a good point. I never even thought of it like that. Why not just make your own movie yeah. about the thing that you want to make a movie about? Well, because like I'm sure studios are like money, money. Yeah, money. and I was just listening to speaking of Michael Bay, totally off topic. But I, was just, I don't think we've been on topic. Mm, nope. <laughs> I mentioned what your topic is, and that's it. Yeah. And then I immediately was like, "Bye, I have Ninja Turtle yeah, pajamas." I'm very good at hosting. <laughs> 
about it's about going on a journey together, man. Batman is is it's like the, you know they say the Herald is not supposed to be like how you do it. You're supposed to just like use the Herald as something to fall back on if you run out. Sure. Of talk about. So Batman will be our yeah, hero structure. Yeah, that'll be our safety blanket for cool. this or safety net. Uh, I'll finish this Michael Bay story, and then I'll talk about Batman. I promise. Absolutely, you will. Um, I was listening to a podcast, uh, Douglas Movies, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, T.J. Miller was on it, and um, so Doug asked him about what it was like to work on. Transformers, the four, with Michael Bay. And T.J. Miller was very candid about what it was like. And he was like, well, uh, we would be filming scenes, and he would be literally screaming at me saying, why aren't you doing something funny? I hired you to be the funny guy. You're not even making the Make-A-Wish kids laugh. Say something funny, you like." That also means the Make-A-Wish kids there when he's yelling at them like that. And T.J. was like, it was true. I wasn't making the Make-A-Wish kids that were there laugh. Oh, because they have, they have other things. That, you know, they're dealing with other problems. I think, <laughs> but can you imagine being like, uh, your Make-A-Wish was to see the making of the tr- fourth Transformers movie? And you see this, like, angry man, oh, maybe, no. like, uh, who knows, probably, like, coked up or something, yeah. just out of his mind yelling at... T.J. Miller, who That's, is, for all intents and purposes, one of the funniest people around. Someone should have shut that down real early with those Make-A-Wish kids, because, like, they were there, they wanted to see giant robots right. transforming. And, and that's they're not what see, it like, is. green screen with a poor T.J. Miller just yeah. doing his darndest. Like, yelling up down. at fake yeah. <laughs> robots. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. And then, so he would yell at me all day on set, and... He, there was one scene where Michael Bay came to him and was like, ugh, don't like this scene. What do you think we should do instead? And he was like, you're asking me to just, on the spot, come up with something for this movie that hundreds of millions of people oh are going to see? Uh, so he was really, ah, it's not a big deal. Okay. There's, you know, motorcycles are going to ride by. You're so cool. Um, maybe it was a bat cycle. Oh my god, okay, yes. So, this is good <laughs> Is that job. what it's called? Um, it is called the Bat Cycle, yeah. Um, depending on, like, what Iteration, version, yeah. yeah. But Bat Cycle is pretty universal, I think. Um, so, yeah, I should talk about Batman. <laughs> what is the origin of your love for okay, Batman? Okay, cool. So, um, you know, there's a couple, like, different introductions to Batman that I had. Mm-hmm. The first was definitely the animated series uh, awesome. in the 90s, which is awesome. It's Emmy Award winning. Really? Um, it's, like, written primarily by this guy, Paul Dini, who's kind of, like, a... Uh, a really respected Batman specific like comic writer. Cool. Um, and like the whole style was like just awesome and I was super into it. And uh-huh. then the movies I believe had come out either before, I mean like the original Batman, Batman Returns were like 80s, 8 and like 89 or something like that. They were like. So you're super young. Yeah, th- those were pre animated series. And then like the Schumacher kind of more crazy ones, George Clooney, Nipples. Yeah. Stuff. That was <laughs> after that, uh, I believe. But I remember like watching. That sounds right. Yeah, I, I never really was into the first two movies. I thought they were like pretty good, mm-hmm. um, and but it didn't like spark like a, a passion for me. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And then I uh, saw like the Schumacher ones, and like those didn't do anything for me. But I still like a piece of me like always felt like Batman was this kind of important thing that I should be witnessing. And then um, and then I was kind of like watched the animated series, and I liked it a lot, but it didn't click for me as like this really awesome thing. And then I watched this movie, The Mask of Zorro, huh. which is ironically like Antonio movie, Banderas, Antonio Banderas, Catherine Zeta-Jones, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that movie was like to me like so fun, and like the character was so physical and jumping and like being sneaky and yeah. fun. And I was like, this is what Batman should be. 
That's so um, funny. And ironically, that's like, I believe it's the mark of Zorro, is the movie that Bruce Wayne goes to see with his parents on the night that they're shot. That's so funny. So, like, like, but, like, I made that link not really knowing that in my head. Uh-huh. And then I came back to the animated series, and I'm like, I really do love this. Oh, I that's so funny. And, that's, and I love the animated series. Um, and, and then... Uh, I kind of, like, again, fell away from it just because, you know, life happens, right? Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. um, it was, I want to say... So when, when did you see Mask of Zorro and, like, really get into Batman originally? Like, what oh boy, this kind of, like, age are we talking about? People can IMDB this and prove me wrong, but I want to say I was probably, like, 10. Mm-hmm. Um, or, actually, I think Mask of Zorro was PG-13, so I might have been 13. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, like, I was in my... Uh, late grade school years. Cool. Yeah. Um, Prime time to be really getting super into something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was like, I went from like Ninja Turtles Mm -hmm. uh, to, or Ghostbusters to Ninja Turtles to Power Rangers and then to Batman and then Batman stuff. That's so funny. I also did the Ninja Turtles to Power Rangers trajectory. Yeah, because I'm like, like, you're you're 25, I'm like 28, so if you were three years, you would have definitely hit up some... uh, 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 Ghostbusters for sure. Yeah, and if you're I little, do think I was a little because I feel like my friends who are super into Ghostbusters are just barely older than me. Yeah, and the other thing too is if if I were like two years older, I also would have Transformers in there too. Oh yeah, like my I brother think, was super into Transformers. Yeah, I think a lot of people went, and he that was journey. five years older than me, so that yeah. makes perfect sense. And in retrospect, all those other things like Transformers. Um, Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles, those were still great. Oh, for sure. Power Rangers doesn't do anything for me. And the thing is, I think those three things have much more, like, nostalgic staying power than Power Rangers does, too. I think it was just the nature of the beast. Like, it was a show that was... They took all of this weird uh, Asian footage and, like, spliced in American actors. That's bizarre. It's super weird. I can't imagine how much... That of that show was um, the actors sitting in a just like doing oh, ADR voice. in voiceovers. Oh, like look out! Just yeah, because like they, you know, anytime they have a mask on, anytime there's a monster, all ADR, no, no, yeah. all of it. Oh my, like, yeah. But okay, so um, but then like the real, I would say like I've had a couple inceptions into it, but my my major one was when I was probably like a junior or senior in high school. I was over the summer. I was like, you know what? I just made the decision. I was going to get. I was going to be like come a master at something. I wanted to like I just I was like I want to know a lot about something. I don't know what. So I went to the library and I went to the comic book section and there was like three giant shelves of Batman. And I, was I like, love that. Okay. And so I got like a couple Batman from like you know kind of like recent era Batman stuff. Uh-huh. A couple of stuff from like um, the very very beginnings. Mm-hmm. And then some stuff in the middle. So That's had, so cool. Yeah, so got, you like, literally made yourself into a Batman yeah. fan. Well, like, because I, it, I it kind of like, I saw that, those shelves, and I was like, oh, it's going to be Batman. Yeah. Um, and then I, like, just read through every single one of those comic books that they had at my library. I checked them out, and then, like... Had you so, ever read many comic books before that? A little bit. Like, I had, like, Sonic the Hedgehog comic books and, so, like, goofy <laughs> stuff. But right. nothing, nothing, like, very serious. I had a couple X-Men comics. Cool. I wasn't a big comic reader... Um, when I was younger, but at this, like, when I got to this age, I, like, devoured them. So, I never really paid for them, though. I always just got them from the library. Cause you that's like, cool. You go online and, like, have them send other books to the library, and that's just, like, I felt like I had walked into this, like, beautiful, like, room that I never knew existed, and I could just, like, take as much as I wanted. Yeah, man, great. I feel like we, I, mm, I don't want to lump anyone else into this. I feel like I take 
the library for granted. Like, I feel like yeah. I don't think about using it as often as I should. There's, I don't go to there nearly as much as I used to. Um, it took me a year and a half to two years of living in Chicago to even have a library card. When you... When you're poor, like, yeah. libraries are the very, very, very... I spent way more time at the library while I was unemployed than, yeah. I, did, than I do any other time it's now. free entertainment. You can get DVDs, you can get... Mm-hmm. I don't know, some of you can get video games, not anyone's around. That's cool. That I know of here, but mm-hmm. in New York, there's a couple that you can get video games. I would um, go and, like, read... I got really into Scott Pilgrim, and I read, like, half of the Scott Pilgrim... Half of the seven Scott Pilgrim uh, graphic yeah. novels just sitting in the library. Like, I wouldn't even check it out. I would just go to the library, pull it off the shelf, and, like, sit in the library all day and read it. Do you like, like, um, like, artsy graphic novel stuff? Like, Um, I haven't... I've read those, and I've read Watchmen. Okay. And I've read a couple of other, like, um, like, Mouse and things like that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but honestly, I don't have too much other experience in it. Okay, because I'm going to send you home with some books then. I would I love that. some really great stuff. There's cool. Like, this one guy, Chris Ware, I don't know if you've ever heard of him before. It sounds vaguely familiar, He's yeah. like the Chicago guy, and he, I, I, I recognize... Ware? Uh, Chris Ware, W-A-R-E. Okay. He um, is, yeah, he's a Chicago guy, and I, I, a lot of times I read, like, graphic novels, and I think, like, oh, you know, this is a really good story. Mm-hmm. People will kind of be selling it to me, like, oh, this is a great piece of literature. It's not just a comic book. Yeah. And most, nine times out of ten, I'm reading these, and I'm like, this is a fun story, but it's not any better than, like you know, a really good X-Men movie. Like, it's sure. like, it's like, well done, deep characters, but not like the Grapes of Wrath, you know? Right, like, sure, sure, sure. Um, but this one, Jimmy, Jimmy Corrigan, I'll get out of it later. I'll <laughs> stand up and just evacuate the podcast. Um, but it's, like, I read it, I was literally, like, crying. Oh. It's also so good, like, it couldn't be done in any other medium, and it's, like, really dense. You have to, like, stare at pages for a long time. Interesting. Kind um, I'll send you home with that because I've been trying to lend this to somebody for so long. Really? No one's ever done it. I love if you really it. don't want to, you don't have no, to. No, I'll take it. I'll take okay, it. Okay, cool. But I love, I love I'm it. I'm really, I hate when I lend something to someone and then um, never get it, get it back or have to like bug them about it. So yeah. I promise I'll be good about that too. Okay, well, I, I haven't looked at it in, you know, like probably six years. So if you forget, <laughs> it's considered a gift. I loaned my copy of Watchmen to someone and I never got it back. So oh, I don't have yeah. one anymore. Well, then. Then really, this other person owes me the comic. <laughs> so, like, we'll have an exchange going around. Yeah, I don't even really remember. I loaned it to someone in college, and they still have it. Um, mm. So, if they're listening to this by some miracle, and their weight is, uh, the weight of guilt is weighing on them, then I will uh, get them to send it to you. This this should be good. We should actually use this podcast as a venue, like, as like kind of like a megaphone, <laughs> to, like, call off the wrongs that have been done to us. So people yeah. are like, like, oh, yeah, and there's like this guy, I don't want to say who it is, but they owe me like $250. <laughs> you know, I'll just come trickling back. Uh, every once in a while, I think I mentioned something that I have been bitter about, and I just, it's just something that comes up in conversation. Yeah. But, but then, like, I'll think about it later, like, what if that person does actually listen to it? Because, like, I told oh, you, I yeah. feel like I do it in a vacuum, but I'm sure at some point someone's listened to it and been like, oh, she might be talking about me. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's or, like, a possibility. You like, an ex lover or something. Yeah, like, like you mentioned Tim Dunn's episode. Oh, we yeah, both yeah. got, like, pretty, like, yeah, personal. You about yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So I always get weird about stuff like that. But then I'm like, well, if they are seeking it out to listen to it, it's not like I'm making a Facebook status that's like, hey, you. Yeah, listen to the tag, tag, tag your <laughs> right. you know, people who scorned you in this episode. Right, like they're seeking it out to listen to it oh anyway. So, uh, but, yeah. you started listening, or you started reading all of those comics yeah, and from the great. library. I liked all of them. Like the really old ones that are like, 
campy and goofy are uh-huh. great. The ones in like you know the seventies and eighties that like get a little bit more dark are great. And then there's like Frank Miller stuff. We like you know Frank Miller. I do. Yeah. He um, he wrote some like very famous Batman comic books that kind uh-huh. of like changed the genre of comic books that are also great. Um, and then like the new stuff that's just like it's all great. It's just so good. It's like, <laughs> the character is so powerful and he's so versatile. Like. Mm-hmm. Like the, I don't know what the core of this character is. I guess it's, to me, it's like being a detective is like a big core. Cool. Um, and then obviously, like having pointy ears, that's really yeah. important. <laughs> but like being, uh, yeah, being a detective is like the one thing I think that kind of really sticks between all iterations of the character. Okay. Um, so like when he first started, you know, he was just he's kind of it's kind of a dark comic, but only like if you think about it like when you're reading it doesn't feel like it's a dark comic mm-hmm. but like you know one of Batman's major rules is he never kills that's right like, I was just about to bring that up or ask you about it so I'm yeah. glad you brought it up too so like that's like part of his mythos is like he doesn't use a gun and he never kills but in the old comics he killed people all the time and not murderers like bank robbers he'd throw them off of buildings and stuff and it's great like he just like was just like I hate crime and so I'm gonna murder that's this person so funny so what what established that, like, rule for it to then be completely disregarded? You know, I don't know. I mean, I want to say, um, it, I feel like it, because there was, like, a, a time in, I want to say, the um, 50s that the Comics Code Authority was established. There was, like, this book called The Seduction of the Innocent that came out. And that was, like, the one that said, like, Batman and Robin were gay together. And, wow. like, all, and it basically went through and talked about all, like, the different comic books and how they're all just ruining the, uh, you know, culture of youth and corrupting them. I think I've heard of this. Yeah, and so, like, it because of this, it kind of established the Comic Codes Authority, which is the equivalent of, like, the MPAA now, like, who sets movie ratings. Sure, but and, for Yeah, comics. and it kind of causes a lot of self-policing. So, like, um, yeah, so, like, the Comics Code Authority comes in, and all of a sudden, they can't, like, show people embracing or, like, have people, like, shooting people, like... It, the, the enemies are no longer human. Like everybody goes into outer space, so Batman now is like in a jet, flying around, fighting really goblins and like aliens and stuff like Bizarre. that. Bizarre. Yeah. I guess it is a unique medium in that in a book there's not like actual pictorial representations of what's being yeah. written about. In film, that's something that was already relatively legislated and I regulated. So. Oh, actually, I think that might have been more in the 70s that the like, film started getting, yeah, like, yeah. regulated. But, um, but yeah, I mean... I, I it's also, like, that, at the time, well, maybe, yeah, it's still in the, like, 40s and 50s, I guess. Film was still a little more limited. Yeah. And I think, I, I don't really know why, I think comics were just popular, and that's why they became the target of this stuff. Interesting. Um... You know, the same way, like, Gigapets, like, I remember, like, <laughs> people said, like, teachers said no Gigapets were allowed right. in school. Like, that were, like, makes a lot of sense. they were, like, too popular and, like, annoying And people. people would use them too often, yeah. yeah. That's so funny. I mean, I really don't know if that's an accurate parallel to draw, but, I, I don't know, it seems... It, it seems accurate to me. But, um, but yeah, so I was talking about, like, the different iterations of the character and when the no-kill rule came. Um, and I don't know if that, the Comics Code Authority, I think it happened before then. That, like that was kind of established. Like he ditched his gun, uh-huh. and all this. I think because yeah, he had a gun for maybe the first like couple issues. And I think it was probably relatively early, probably within the first couple of years that they established the no kill rule. Huh. Um, and that became like a really really important part of his mythology. Yeah, yeah. That's like, like why doesn't he kill the Joker? Like if he killed the Joker, like 
made it look like an accident. He wouldn't be convicted. Everybody would be happy. And he'd be literally saving, at this point, like, thousands of lives. Right. Like, maybe yeah. even tens of thousands of lives. Like, yeah. Joker is, like, really killed a lot of people. A horrible worse, Yeah, villain. worse than, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, like, this no-kill rule is established. And, um, and that's, like, something that's really heavily thematically happening in the comics of the, you know, last 30 years now. It's, like, talking about, like, the struggle between, like, you know, it's times that he really wants to kill somebody and he sure. doesn't. And, like, um, yeah, so I want to say it was around, yeah. It was an early, early, early rule that was established. Um, I kind of lost my train. I think that was what we were talking about, so I think I might still be on the right train. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think, yeah, it was uh, the no-kill rule. Um, I, I wouldn't have known, because that's something that is, like, it still holds true for most of the movies. Yeah, well. yeah. I mean, he definitely in Dark Knight Rises, he definitely kills Talia Al Ghul. He like shoots a rocket at her and blows her up. Yes. Um, which is like, first of all, no guns. Like, okay, you don't have a gun, but you like you in earlier in the movie, you like make a point about talking about how we don't use guns. But yeah. You're allowed to use a rocket launcher. Yeah. To Doesn't have... he like take it from someone else too, or something like that? I can't remember. I, I can't remember either. I've only seen the whole thing yeah. once. I own it. I have it on Blu-ray. We could watch it tonight if you want. <laughs> Um, it's on the table. <laughs> I remember liking it a lot, and then I also remember like having a lot of questions about it. <laughs> I feel like that is one of the movie, one of the most like divisive movies of the last few years. In yeah. the ter- in terms of, I think a lot of people liked it, but then everyone would just sit around and be like, "But can we talk about all the plot holes?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the same thing as um, the Star Trek Into Darkness. Like, yeah, that's another, one that's another good like, example. I watched that and I was entertained throughout the whole thing. Yes, edge of my seat, having yep. a great time, Me too. laughing. And then when I left it, I was like, I like that movie. And I drove home, and I was like, wait Wait a a second. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? That's a really good parallel. Because I think, similarly, it was something that I think most people liked. Yeah. And then most of those most people would get into circles. I mean, at least the people that I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the people that I (laughs) hang out with. I think about, like, conversations that I've had with the Nerdalogs about both of these movies. Oh, man. Um... Where most people liked it, but then we can just, it, it can just, you know, turn yeah, into this total easy to pick nitpick. Yeah. Because, like you said, they're really easy to find those holes, but for some reason there's something that's still so enjoyable and entertaining. And like you said, yeah. like, edge of your seat, that you just kind of let it go as you're watching it, and look yeah. back on it. I mean, my experience watching Dark Knight Rises, was, I was just amazed at how bleak it was. Yes. Like, he was, like, in a pit with a broken spine. Yeah. Like, and you're just like, this is at this, the most, like, sad, grim Batman uh-huh. I've ever seen in, uh-huh. in real life. And he gets out, and you don't think to question, how did he get back to Gotham so yeah, fast? Yeah, he's like in the middle of the desert, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, like, he just had his spine broken, dude. And you can't just, like, <laughs> dude, you can't just hang yeah. on a rope and have your spine <laughs> But, um... <laughs> But yeah, that uh, movie, like each of the movies is actually like kind of based on a series of like two or three comic book series. That's what like, I thought. Yeah. So like that one was based on um, some of like the later stuff that actually I was pretty into. Mm-hmm. So there's Nightfall, which is the one where Bane shows up and snaps Batman's spine. That actually happens in the comics. Um, and he doesn't just like get thrown in a pit and then get better. He like has to recuperate like still pretty unbelievably uh-huh. but at least he's like you know getting taken care of by Alfred like uh-huh. in like a hospital like environment and then like another guy takes over for him Azriel he becomes Batman 
Um, so there's like he wore the cowl for a while, uh-huh. uh, and then he gets too power mad, and they have to fight. Um, <gasps> no it's way! Cool. Is it so. like Batman fighting Batman? Um, it's like Batman fighting RoboCop, more like like the guy becomes like crazy robot version of Batman. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, so that was like uh, Nightfall. Uh, Cataclysm was like this one, the series of books where uh, Gotham City gets hit by uh, a really like terrible earthquake, mm-hmm. and then immediately after that. Um, there's like contagion was another line that like uh, a horrible disease happens like immediately after that, and so at this point like the city is completely in ruins and everybody is like sick or dying or like, a lot of the population dies. Oh my god! And so the U.S. government uh, declares it a no man's land. So they just basically U.S. government pulls out, and this is kind of the premise for the movie now is that like it's a no man's land, gangs rule the streets, you know? Yeah. And that was the. That what happens in um, the Batman series, except for it's not quite as like calculated with Bane. Bane, you know, it's just like the U.S. government's just like, I, I quit, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. I'm like, this is too hard. Um, but what happens in that, which is great, like one of my favorite storylines from that series that they didn't do it because obviously they're trying to have a more realistic version of Batman. Right. Is Superman comes to No Man's Land and is like, Hey, Batman, I'm gonna help out here, and Batman's like. Just go. You're not going to be able to help. You don't understand this city. And Superman's like, like, why are you being such a martyr? Let yeah. me do this. And so Superman finds this engineer, and they rebuild a power plant. And, like, it's like they get power going for the first time in, like, you know, six weeks in this city. And then uh, immediately, like, a gang comes and, like, beats up the engineer and tries to take over the power Stop. plant. And in doing so destroys it. And then Superman, like has to go to Batman and it's like, okay. Sorry, dude. Like, take care of it. You're I'm so right, sorry. peace. <laughs> just heads out. Do you know if that's go, supposed to be inspiring the, so the Batman-Superman movie? Yeah, the Batman-Superman movie, this is inspired primarily by um, the Doesn't Dark Knight. Doesn't have a relatively dumb name? What's the name? It's called Batman v. Superman. Um, I think that's what it's called. Uh, or Superman v. Batman. Okay. Uh, here I am, right? But oh, boy. Well, I think it's the best first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, the new movie is based on um, Frank Miller's treatment uh, called The Dark Knight Returns, which is, um, this is, like, a really grim, older Batman who kind of exists in, like, a future Gotham. Um, but this is, I think it's going to be very loosely based on it. But within that story, Batman and Superman get in a fight. And Batman Interesting. wins. Interesting. Batman gets, like, Whoa. super gloves. Yeah, and, like, his super gloves, like, laced with kryptonite. And, like, beats... It, like, just... Literally just pounds Superman. Because Superman's kind of, like, a government lackey at this point. Wow. In the storyline, you know? Um, do you think awesome. that's Frank Miller inspired? Like, do you think his... I mean, he's written more... Has he written for both? Yeah, uh, I don't... I bet you he's written for Superman at some point. Probably. But he's primarily known for Batman. Way more of a Batman yeah. guy. So if you put that kind of story into the hands of a Batman guy, it yeah. seems like it's going to go that way. Yeah, well, Not to say that he's always going to write Batman as, like, obviously, like you said, he's written him, or, you know, someone written, yeah. wrote him into situations where he's, like, getting his back broken by villains and yeah. things like that. He's not always going to write good things happening, but... But, yeah, like... I just need to think about the bias there. Yeah, well, like, Tim Dunn and I talked about this a long time ago, because he's a comic book fan. Uh-huh. He likes the Green Arrow, who's another person in the DC universe, uh-huh. who um, is a little bit more vulnerable to Batman. Like, he brings up a really good argument, which is, like, Batman gets into a fight, and you know that Batman's going to win, despite who he's fighting. He's going to win, because he's, like, the most ultimate tactician. Yeah. Like, someone would be like, yeah, well, Superman could beat him up. 
Uh, and it's like, yeah, Superman could definitely beat him up. Right. But Batman also would be able to, like, know Superman well enough to anticipate when, like, there would be an altercation and would prepare for it. Like, right. Superman would, out of the blue, start attacking Batman. Yeah. And also, Superman gave Batman, I think, Kryptonite Ring to keep him in check in case he ever gets crazy. Like, in the, within the comics, that's, like, part of it. Wow. Superman and Batman are good friends. Oh, yeah. to just be like, hey man, yeah, like if I ever get out of control, exactly. here's the thing that'll stop me. Yeah, this is kryptonite, like this will stop me, and I trust you with it because you've got good judgment. Like giving a friend of yours who lives close to you a set of your keys or something. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> totally, yeah. Um, or like a gun to kill you in case you get out of control. Yeah, cool, yeah, right. Um, I mean, that's what I meant by keys. Um, yeah. I was going to ask... So I think this brings up an interesting aspect of Batman as a character. He's not superhuman. No, he's a human being. Um, but people have argued, and I think relatively successfully, that in some ways he kind of is. Like, he definitely does more than any human being could ever do. Yeah, like, you pointed out that his, his detective nature is a through line for the yeah. comics and for his story and character. But I feel like there's also a pretty strong through line there of, like, Oh well, he's only human. Yeah, like, yeah. It, you know, as much as he has all this technology and and intelligence and seemingly superhuman strength. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like people have kind of talked about how Superman is, you know, this alien creature who has been thrown to Earth, and like, um, yeah, and, and because of that, he's never going to quite be a representative of like. The human potential right and batman is more like the representative of like listen you could become this if at eight years old your parents get shot to death in front of you and you spend the rest of your life training to become the most ultimate crime fighter right like if you have that luck like then you are going to be able to do these things that batman if you meet does. liam neeson yeah. and he gives you a very particular right. set of skills <laughs> um, which is funny too because uh his name is Henry Ducard in the uh movie mm -hmm. and i think if memory serves me right Henry Ducard is like Maybe it's not him, but there's, he, he, he does train Batman. Like, really? But then he also turns into Ra's al Ghul in the right. movie. Which, this is one of my things about the movie, the Batman Begins, which I loved. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I thought it was so great. But it's very, it's so unique. Yeah. It's very unlike many, I think Batman Begins and the first Iron Man are kind of similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. In the sense that they're both like these very interesting, like, origin type stories they're not necessarily about like a lot of fighting and yeah it's more about like just seeing how this character comes to light yeah it's just kind of like a payoff at the end yeah right yeah um i got two like main criticisms of that movie though one of which excuse me is raz al ghul the character um i don't know if liam neeson was always raz al ghul uh -huh. and ken wantabi the guy who's like raz al ghul at the beginning right it's just like uh, red herring to like throw off Bruce Wayne right or if Ra's al Ghul in the movie universe is like this character that like you when one Ra's al Ghul dies Trans another one oh sure 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 so I thought that was ambiguous but I bothered me I think now that you mention it I'm remembering that, that that's an aspect of the movie I think I always assumed that it was the former that it was that like yeah. uh that was that Liam Neeson was always Ra's al Ghul, and the other was just, like, to throw people off. Yeah. So that might be it. I, but I do agree that I think, it's I think it's ambiguous. And then, um, in the comics, Ra's al Ghul is, like, this character that lives forever. Okay. So that's, like, why I think that they, like, 
one dies, another one raises up, is like supported by that argument that like Razal Ghoul is this immortal character. Gotcha. Like, literally immortal. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. But my other criticism is the movie to me pay, plays like a palindrome. Like, if you look at like they say they repeat lines so much in that movie, like where one person will say something like serious, like why do we fall down, Master Bruce? And then like or like didn't you get the memo? Yeah. Or, like, so many things. And then at the end of the movie, they're just like, people are just constantly sarcastic. Just rattling the same up. Lines. Oh, like, boy. Oh, my God. It's just like, it's, once you notice it's happening, it is comical, like, how uh-huh. often it happens. That's really funny. Just so often. That's really, really but, funny. Yeah, but besides that, I loved it. And it's great. Seeing that in theaters, I guess I was a kid at that point. Um, yeah, relative. When did that like come out? Teen, you know, I was a teen. Thousand. I must have been like a junior or senior in high school, or maybe even in college. Really early. I think it was early two thousand. I know Dark Knight came out when I was in college. That was it like two thousand eight. Like, yes, yeah. I was gonna say it came out in like oh eight. So I would say Begins came out mm, before then. <laughs> mid, like I would say oh four at that the latest. Right. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. maybe before that. But. Yeah, Either was, way. It was so awesome to see, like, this character that I loved being treated, like, with respect, kind yeah. of. Like, not just as a cash cow yeah. moneymaker. And, yeah, right. And, man, I mean, I think you can kind of speak worlds about Chris Nolan where that's concerned. Yeah. Like, I think he, him getting his hands on it kind of had, has to have had such a big effect on that on Batman as a movie like franchise yeah because literally everything before that is relatively laughable there are some exceptions in there but there are some really laughable Batman movies yeah even like the Tim Burton ones like I mean forever Batman I've never seen the original well the original two I don't think that they hold up that well yeah I think that like I mean I haven't seen either of those and I you know I I remember you mentioning it earlier on yeah like they were they were amazing for, like, their serious treatment of Batman at that time. Right. But, like, they didn't even know what serious was in the 90s. Yeah. It's like, they didn't know what serious meant. I they do just... think it's a sign of the times, for sure. Yeah. But, um... Almost all of those movies are, really... If you think right, about, yeah. like, when Batman and Robin and Batman Forever were kind of coming out, like, that yeah. camp was... That was, like, how movies yeah, like, like no that one, were made. No one took anything seriously, man. Yeah. Good together, 90s. Come on, dudes. Um, but... And then we just got nitty gritty in the 2000s. We hit a recession and everyone wanted to make serious movies. Totally. That's exactly what happened. It's like people are like, September 11th happened. They're like, I'm done screwing around. Even though I guess Batman Begins came out pre-September 11th. Oh, no, no, no. Wait after. No, it would have been post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought 2011 was September 11th. Oh, yeah. Boy. Here we go. Talking about September 11th. I think it has to have been pretty soon after that. Yeah. But... So, I do think, literally, like, post-9-11 was seriously why people were like, let's start taking everything seriously. Yeah, I don't um, think you're wrong. I do think it had a huge effect on, like, creative yeah. endeavors. But I think, like, the Schumacher ones, um, like, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin were definitely more in tune. They were, like, not trying to make a Tim Burton comic book movie. Yeah. TV. They were trying to make a recreation of the 60s TV show. Yes. They like, literally say "holy rusted metal." Back yeah, then. yeah. <laughs> so like they're they're not even trying. Like there's it's that's why they're so weird because they're it's like um, a reflection of a reflection. Like they're yeah. not looking at the source material. I think they're just looking at like the goofy stuff that happened in the '60s and was like which was oh. trying to be a recreation of the like 
bang pal yeah. of the comic book. Which, by the way, I love that stuff from the 60s. Yeah. It's so fun. Have you watched uh, the original series? Well, there's... Like, Adam West? There's two original series. Okay. There's the original series with Adam West, which is, like, many people consider to be the original series. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's one before that, which was, like... Oh, wow. Uh, the 19... Which, if I would... Actually, um, I'm going to grab Go this book it. real fast. Yeah. So you can see it. Yeah. Um, I, I hear my... Because Batman looks so sloppy. I, I saw that you had it. a little pile over yeah. there. That's so um, funny. Here it is. Look at this Batman here. So oh, gross. He's so sloppy. He's got, like, kind of, like, crooked... Uh, look almost like devil horns that are different sizes. Yeah, that's it. Um, I'll take a picture of it yeah. and post it with it. And like, look at this sloppy nose. Um, and they're clear, it's like plush looking. Uh, they're kind of, uh, they're stuffed. Uh, it looks like the equivalent of like something at Six so this, Flags. This predates win. Adam West. This predates Adam West. It looks like something you'd win at Six yeah. Flags that's not wrong. Like something that you would pay $1 and then you would get on the first try and be so excited and be like, I've got this giant stuffed animal and it's not even worth a dollar. And it's like a jank. Yeah, it's the worst. It looks really bad. Yeah. And like, the whole, the hood is just all it's one sloppy. piece of fabric. And it's like, the ears are off kilter. <laughs> like, if you see it, like there's um this amazing image, because I, I bought the serials recently and I was watching them. And like, this like, the opening image of Batman is him just like, Sitting at his desk with his head, his fists kind of against his chin, like kind of like in a like I'm bored look. Yeah. And they're like talking about how he's like contemplating crime, but he just looks really bored. That's and there's so like a funny. bat on a string that just kind of whipping around the room. <laughs> it's so sloppy, and his ears are just like not even for the one shot, the straight on shot where they're like zooming in and talking about him. They couldn't just like have a grip come over and just pop that they, ear into they place. Don't. It's so sloppy. They do great. look like devil horns instead yeah. of bat. Um, I was. But, like, they also, they're really racist, too, because I was in the 1940s when um, we were, like, right after Pearl Harbor. Yeah. So they talk about, like, um, I'm just going to be quoting this. It's, yeah, so it's sure, sure. Racist, but they're like, like, little Tokyo, like, the ship, like, uh, before the wise government rounded up the shifty-eyed Japs, like, this no. used to be a hubbub of, and, like, they're talking about Japanese internment. Ah. <laughs> like, and it's so... That's yeah. crazy. So that's the, that's the original, original television okay. series. I guess it was actually uh, movie serials that they would play. So what's the... So they'd show them in theaters? Yeah, they'd show them in theaters. Before other movies? I or? think so. I don't really know exactly... What's the source material for that? Uh, was it other like, comic books? Or? Yeah, that's... I mean, it was based on the comics. The comics came first. Um, because the 1940s, 1940 was when Batman was introduced. Interesting. Um, I'm glad we came back to this because I was going to ask that earlier where like yeah. the original timeline started. Yeah. So like Batman was introduced, I want to say in a, a 39 or 40. Um, and, uh, then the serials came like within five years of that. Cause mm -hmm. that's like, yeah, we were embroiled in World War II and Pearl Harbor happened and every, it was okay to be racist then. Like, <laughs> you got a green light to be racist. Against, you know, yeah. Just, yeah. Oh God. But it's where it's so, like, yeah. I mean, the I feel like we're only now. Well, I mean, it still exists, but for a while, I feel like it was way too acceptable to be racist to like, you know, Middle Eastern. Oh yeah. Countries. With brown skin. It was like, hey guys, like gloves are off for the Terrorist. next ten years. You yeah. Can say whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is just terrible. It is. But um, they're still really entertaining, just for that kind of like, like some like some out of the Library of Congress, just like goofy, right. sloppy, sloppy sure. stuff. Sure. Uh, but then there was the series with Adam West and Burt Ward, which was awesome. It's, like, so goofy and fun. Uh -huh. And it's Batman, like, kind of inspired by the Comics Code Authority, sort of, uh, like, 
cleanliness, you know, like everything's goofy instead of being serious. That's so funny. But it's also like really sexual. Uh, there's oh, a lot of like innuendo and of stuff. Of course. And it's so funny. Like there's like um, the Batman, so the first Batman movie is actually Batman the movie, which is like a movie version of Adam West. Okay. Uh, Batman. And it's so great. Like yeah. there's a scene where Batman is um, getting like lowered from a helicopter to uh, like land on this um, boat. And then the boat disappears. It was a hologram the whole time. And he's like, his leg dips in the ocean. And it comes up and it's got a shark attached to it. Stop. And he has to get bat shark repellent from the helicopter. So he like tosses it down and he sprays Stop. it. The shark falls down and explodes. It doesn't make any sense. And then like he's trying to figure out who did it. And he's like, okay, so like, you know, this was a pretty awful joke that they played on me. Joke. Joke. It must have been the Joker. And like, this is how they're. <laughs> and like, um, like, and like, wait a second. Sharks eat fish. So do penguins. The penguin. And the very best one was like, wait a second, Batman. This like this doesn't quite add up. There's got it's like all one crazy riddle. The Riddler. And then the Catwoman one is the worst. It's like, but wait a second. The attack occurred at sea. Sea for Catwoman. No. And so that logic. Is, that is. It's so such a huge stretch, and it's so great. Um, it's so. Oh my slappy. god. But yeah. <laughs> Anytime you have somebody... See? That's yeah. a real thing? But, like, I use that now in conversation. Bat logic. If somebody, like, makes a connection that's, like, really a stretch. stretch. It's like, okay, I think you're using bat, bat logic. Bat logic. I'm going to remember that. Yeah, I bat love logic it. Bat logic is definitely a referenceable... You can have that. Every, I will. Studio audience, this is yours. Uh, um, please, keep in mind, if you ever... I... I'll... Yeah, instead of calling bullshit, you know, it's yeah. like, mm, that sounds like, like bad logic. logic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, he's always right. Like, yeah. he was right. Right. <laughs> so I can't say, you know, his his thinking was confusing and maybe he worked on a level I'll never understand, but in that movie, he was right. <laughs> all the Catwoman, Riddler, Joker, they were all involved, Penguin. Uh, but, yeah, so that movie came out and, like, that whole iteration. Uh, and that's, I think, a reason why I love Batman, too, is that he's so flexible. Like, the the main core of that character is so powerful that it can go through so many different versions of itself. Mm -hmm. And like, as long as you have like detective, you have pointy ears, you mm -hmm. have black cape mm -hmm. or blue cape, even, um, like you have Batman, the bat signal, the bat is signal, one of the most iconic. Yeah. Like it actually, even in the TV show, they didn't have a bat signal. They just had a red phone that would ring and really? that was the version of the bat signal. So like really there's not a lot that's consistent of the character. Like, even compared to Superman, who has, like, a very clear... The lo did the logo of the Bat Signal still exist in the TV show? Well, the logo has changed drastically. I mean, I don't have the book with me, but, like, the logo... There's, like, ten different versions of the Interesting. Bat There's, like, the one that's, like, used in the Tim Burton movies, which is kind of, like... It goes, um... Like, he, yeah, there's always, like, the pointy-ear bat uh -huh. on the top. And there's kind of, like, you know... For lack of a better word, like, two, like, hook uh, C's on either side. Mm -hmm. And then kind of, like, points coming down. Mm -hmm. So that's, like, one... And there's the, like, Bruce, or Christopher Nolan Batman, which is kind of like the two, you know, little bat head, and then mm -hmm. spikes coming out on either side. Oh, yeah. Picture, like, the batarangs that he threw. Yeah. Those, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, much more, like, longer. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, like, this new one's coming out. I don't know if you see the bat symbol for that, but it's like a big, fat bat symbol that like, takes over the whole guy's chest. Interesting. Um, there's... Yeah, I've seen some of the, uh costuming type yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's like a leaked photo Yeah, right I've now. seen that. With the, there's sad, sad Batman. Yeah, sad yeah. Batman. <laughs> How do you feel about it? How do you... Yeah, I'm thinking it's, 
I, I do not like Zack Snyder. I don't mm, like... Me neither. I mean, I thought the Watchmen movie was okay. 300, like, blew me away because I was like, special effects are I've so cool. I've actually never seen 300. It wouldn't hold up. Like, yeah. it's, it was cool because, at like, the time. Was cool. People loved it at the time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think... I think if I saw it now, I would not be into it. Yeah, there are things I like about the Watchmen movie, but it's just because of, like, how loyal it is. Super loyal, except for, I guess, like, there wasn't a giant octopus. At yeah, the end. the end is way different. But but still, like, it was, like, cool to see a And Jack Errol Haley was amazing. Yeah. As Rorschach. Yeah, and yeah. I love Patrick Wilson. I think he was great as, um... There's some, the, there's some great stuff. There's also some really goofy stuff like that, like you realize doesn't translate from comics to movies. Yeah. Like when um, when Alleluia started playing, yeah, I burst out laughing. It's ba- yeah, which is a direct it's, reference to the comic. Book. It is. It's but, but it's a very laughable scene. Yeah. And oh then you god. see the like yeah. the exhaust or whatever. Oh, of, like oh my god. And it's like he took that from the comic. It's yeah. laughable. Yeah. But it's like almost shut like it frame feels, for frame it feels classier in a comic book yeah. than it does in a movie it's, it's almost not frame classier for frame. but it feels no it, that's what I liked about that was that like he took so many things that were just frame for frame yeah. so if that's what you want out of a comic book movie like that's pretty much what yeah. you got with the exception of I know there are people screaming like but the ending yeah but uh, like that would totally not translate no from comic book. not that's, at like, all way too goofy. But, um, so the new movie I think is going to be bad. Um, I will see it, and I might even enjoy it, but I don't think it's going to be good. But we'll see. I'm hoping to be, I, I'm not Pleasantly hoping surprised. that it's going to be bad. But like What's the, the Henry movie? Cavill? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. He's still playing ba- uh, Superman, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that he is, like, not a bad Superman just in terms of looks. Like, he's a really beefy oh, he's dude. Um, very attractive. All right. Yeah. I mean, you would know better than I would. <laughs> not even for me. If I see a guy, I'm just like gross. No thanks. I'm so heterosexual. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like the Superman movie was kind of sloppy. I thought there was like some kind of plot. Like I didn't see. I saw maybe like 45 minutes of Man of Steel. Yeah. And it was after it already come out, and I can't even remember why I watched it. Um, I think it was because I, oh no, I watched it specifically for some reason because I was supposed to like have seen the whole thing for some sort of conversation or something and I just watched like 45 minutes and was like, I'm done. (laughs) My biggest problem with that movie is Superman as a character, like he shows up, which is like, you know, that's fine. He comes to earth, but because he's on earth. Like, he causes millions of people to die. Yeah. Because he's on Earth. Like, yeah. if Superman never... Like, Superman should be causing more good than harm. Right. And it's, it's not his fault. Odd. Like, he, he doesn't kill the people, but because he's there, millions of people die. That's an odd aspect to have in that yeah. kind of situation. It's like, sure, he saves people by the end of it, but, like, he's got a lot of work to do to earn his keep of being, you know, on Earth in the, this universe, because, like... Zod didn't come to Earth by accident. He was, like, going after this dude. Right. And I guess, like, people make the argument that, like, uh, I think maybe he was, like, there because of the resources or something like that. Mm. But Superman being there was the reason why there was, like, that encounter. Anyways. No worries, dude. Zack Snyder makes sloppy movies. Yes. He's, everything's in slow motion. Yes. Um, really good trailers, seems... though. I love the yeah, trailer. Yeah, cool I trailers. I almost watched the trailer. Really? That's awesome. <laughs> I don't even think I've seen the full-length trailer. I just know I've seen some of the, like, frames of it. Yeah. 
mean, it's it's okay. He's just so stylized that he can make things look good, even though they have a very specific style. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that you could say about him, is, like, when you see scenes from a Zack Snyder movie, you're like, oh, that's probably yeah. Zack Snyder. <laughs> and it would be fine if I liked that style. Right, really but it's kind of it. dark and exaggerated yeah. a little. You and can't take it seriously. Yeah. It, and it takes itself so seriously. Right, like, yeah, like there's no... I Man, I this is a tangent, but I feel this way okay. about Snowpiercer. Oh, I think I that... I just saw it recently... So many people were talking about it, and Squall, a bunch of people on Squall wanted to see it together as, like, yeah. a hangout, and I was like, cool, whatever. Um, I think that it takes itself too seriously for some of the, like, ridiculous things that it does. Yeah. Um, it's asking you to buy Because it tries to, like, do these really ridiculous things, and someone that I went to see it with um, said, yeah, but part of that is, like, what life... They're trying to show you what life was like on that crazy train. Um, like, uh. some of some aspects of living on the train were just very ridiculous. And I was like, yeah, but this is very ridiculous with no reason. This yeah. is very ridiculous for no reason. Anyway... Is it, it's a science, science fiction, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh... If the... Like, hypothetically, uh, global warming was getting so bad that they released this, like, chemical into the atmosphere to try to combat greenhouse gases, uh-huh. and instead it just, like, froze the earth okay. and kills everyone. So, Snowpiercer is basically, like, the ark, and just, like, a lot of people got to go on the train and are, like, oh. the only living people now. And then there's, like, poor people in the back, rich people in the front, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, it, like I said, tangent, I won't get too far into it, but... Guys, if you hear this and you want to talk to me about Snowpiercer, I have opinions. Alright. I have... Oh, hold on. This Sam. is Sam. I'm sorry. This is our dog, Sam, if you can hear her barking. No worries. That's okay. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Anyway. But yeah, I just feel like you don't get to have both. Yeah, I, I mean, feel if like you're going to either... be serious, you have to kind of have serious... Sub- you have to be aware that an audience, like... Listen, if this was a real world and people actually did act like this, yeah. then you can make a movie where everybody acts crazy yeah. and expect us to buy it because we all act crazy. Right. But if you're creating an env- environment that's like completely made up, you have to understand that I don't actually come from that world. Like yeah. I come from real life. Yeah. So like, I just feel like there's certain things that like, I don't know. I feel like if you want me to take your movie seriously, then like you have to take yourself seriously. But if you're taking yourself seriously... But you're also not doing yeah. serious. Like, you just need an awareness of your things. audience and like what, like if you're gonna take something seriously, that's fine. But you just need to understand that uh, Jen, my girlfriend, just came in. We're gonna get some pizza. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, please. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just kind of like you need to uh, have an awareness that if something you're gonna be doing seems incredibly goofy, yeah, you need to handle that with. There care. needs to be a little bit of like winking or I guess just like accept that as the reality of what the movie is yeah I mean it's hard it's it's hard for me to make a sweeping statement about this because I feel like anybody who knows everything would be able to point out an example that does the exact opposite of what I'm saying I know I I totally agree with you but like Chris Evans character is the lead in the movie and he never he is always taking every moment completely seriously not the actor the character yeah is taking everything super seriously, never, like, never really even acknowledges that some of the things that are happening are absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Like, he's just, like, one-track mind, so serious, 
so just like I feel like I would even buy into it a little more if he was willing to say, "Wow, like this is ridiculous." Yeah, you know. Can you think of an example of something that was like just crazy? Oh, in the movie? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, well, there's one thing that I hate that I don't think has any place in the movie okay. is that there's this slow motion. There's like you can't tell me, oh, this was in the movie because you're supposed to think that the life on the train was ridiculous. Yeah. There's this like super slow-mo battle sequence where he's just like chopping through all these people with an axe and then all of a sudden he slips on a fish and lands on his back and it's like no why did that need to happen that is like, yeah. like so it's like slow motion <laughs> slow motion whoa like suddenly we're going into like Abbott and Costello yeah. territory yeah like it might as well be a banana peel yeah Wait, and that was taken seriously? Like, the audience didn't interrupt in laughter because he slipped on it? There were people who laughed, but I was just like... it was meant to be funny, or you think I do think it was meant to be funny, but there's nothing else in the movie that... It's so out of place? Yeah. Oh, man, I saw this one movie it's one time. It's so out of place, and Megan Babb said, oh, I love that, because I thought that the, all the fighting was so intense and, like, tension-filled that you needed a break from it, but I was just like... I was never taking it seriously up to that point. Yeah. So I never so, felt yeah, like were, I needed that break. You were on the train with them, you know? No. Like that, she was sitting She on was the on the train. She had a Everybody ticket up. to ride. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Yes. So, um, yeah, I guess that's all I had to say about that one thing that we were talking about that I don't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Snyder. I'd ask you about yeah, how Snyder. I think movie. it should be bad, but yeah. I, I'm going to see it and hopefully I like it. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to talk about a couple more. Oh, you mentioned that you have to talk about the video game that you made the mask for. So, um, yeah, this is great. This is one of my greatest moments. Um, So, I didn't have a PlayStation 3, Uh uh, but then a Batman game came out for it. uh, Is that Arkham? Arkham Asylum. I've heard it's an amazing game. It won Game of the Year. And I was like, I need to have this, and so I went Are to... Are you a video gamer in general? I'm a light gamer. I, okay. play, I, I play old school video games a lot. Cool. I play, like, um, Bubble Bobble. It's like this Nintendo Love game. that game. My Wii U Virtual, virtual Console is, like, stacked. I get drunk and just buy Virtual Console games. That's like so funny. I was playing Sonic Spinball last night. Um, that is so funny. And I've got a couple new games, like The Last of Us is... I've heard that's amazing that. too. It's yeah, so good. yeah, it's so awesome. Um, and then, and then the rest of the games that I own are Batman games. Yeah. Um, so I have, Bat- I have Arkham Asylum, Arkham Origins, and Arkham City. Those mm-hmm. are the three, not in that order though. Uh, Origins is actually last, but um, Arkham Asylum came out, and it's in 3D. You can turn on 3D, and it comes with little 3D glasses that um, were like kind of shitty, but um, they're just I, paper, right? They're just paper, yeah. So I went to Target and I bought a child's Batman mask that you like put on your face and I hot glued the the lenses of the glasses in the eye holes and um, like it was a little kid's mask so I had to get Velcro and like build, make my own Velcro straps for it and like it hurt my nose so I had to get some foam rubber and put it over the plastic because it was like a crappy Batman mask. But the best part about it is that like when I wear it and I play it uh, I always talk in the Batman voice whenever I'm playing. Yes, of course. But it gets so hot in the mask, and the eyes steam up, and you can't see anything. But I spent so much work putting it together that I forced myself to keep wearing it. It's and so like, funny. Oh, it's it's great. Um, and the first the first two games were both in 3D, and I have a Robin mask too that I made. 
for, you know, if somebody wants to just watch me play, because it's not a two-player game. I was going to say, is it even uh, co-op? No. No. one-player. <laughs> but, oh, man. It's such a, it's a great game, though. It's I've heard fun. it's amazing, yeah. Uh, I'm from people who aren't even as into Batman as you are, so I can imagine games, for you, yeah. it's, like, ridiculous. Oh, I love that when something that I, like, when, like, it's like when Dark Knight came out, and it was just great, like, universe. That was another was thing movie. I wanted to talk about, yeah. was Dark Knight. Everybody knew that it was great. It's and, an incredible movie. Yeah, but it's like, Someone's like, hey man, uh, you know that thing that you love so much? I'm going to make something using that thing that you love so much that's going to be great. Yeah. Like, if you, you already love it. That's so... And now, here's a great work of art that is involved in this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is so good. How good is that movie? And it's tragic to even yeah. think about in retrospect, and but it's just so good. It's so good. And it's not perfect. Like, no. Um, but, like, Keith Ledger is... A rock star, incredible, and it's almost cliche to say, but like, I did not expect anything of him, and he blew oh, me away. Yeah, um, it's, it's yeah, it's like I'm getting chills. I really, oh, he, it was so good. It was so. I mean, there are so few uh, movie roles of the last decade or so that have had that kind of a distinctive effect. Yeah. On. On so many things, on that franchise, on like comic book movies, not just comic yeah. book villains, like that pinpointed someone's career so crazily. Yeah, I mean, oh, he's so good in that. And um, like that scene with the pencil trick. Yeah. Oh. I'm like a pencil. Yeah. That's when I knew that movie was going to be good. I was it's, like, I'm it, that happens, and they don't. Oh, Christopher Nolan is such a good director. They don't spend too much time... They don't spend time dwelling on it or anything. Yeah. It just fucking happens, and then the scene moves on. Well, I think that's, like, an element of, like, action movies now versus action movies in the 90s. Like, mm-hmm. action movies in the 90s, when they do something cool, they, like, go really, like, slow motion, yeah. zoom in. Yeah. Like, you, like, I want you to see how cool this move is. Uh-huh. And the way, like, action movies now are, like, the coolest parts are, like... When they do something totally awesome and it just seems nonchalant, like, yeah. the more casual they can make something totally awesome seem, the better. Uh-huh. Just like, there are a couple moments like that in Snowpiercer that are like, oh wow, that was pretty badass, that, cool that, that you yeah. weren't expecting it. But you I totally agree with you. Nah, I, w- I wasn't crazy about it. I'm sure there are people like, no, it's great, yeah, who are listening to this right now. Smashing their computers. Uh, just but, um, okay. But yeah, like, uh, there's some football player or something like that who like, caught a touchdown and like freaked out and so excited about it yeah and this older football player is like hey man next time you do that make it seem like you do it all the time act like you've done it before yeah 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 yeah. and that's totally like what I feel action movies are are like I think like Jason Statham movies pop into mind like the transporter and stuff stuff that are like where it's just like the best action is stuff that just it's like a single shot just seems like no big deal uh huh you know and no camera trick necessary just like make it like I think about when Batman when Bruce Wayne uh, is just dismantling the shotgun that he steals from a guy like there's um Heath Ledger as the Joker not uh-huh. as Heath Ledger as, as his character the Joker breaks into Bruce Wayne's um like penthouse where he's throwing the oh yes and there's a scene where he's just like walking away like getting ready to get in his Batman costume and he just has a gun and just dismantles it really casually yeah like, that's, that's so cool that's great that's and it's Batman such a good is. little detail yeah. as well yeah and Batman's so efficient I was like that's what I love about this like you're doing it right uh-huh. he's just like I don't need to do this in a cool way I'm just gonna like need to get yeah. this done move on to the next task yeah 
Uh, I'm glad we talked about Dark Knight because I wanted to. Uh, is there anything else we, you feel like is just totally uncovered thus far? Hmm. I mean, we talked about like how he's unique. And... We talked about the cereals, which I definitely wanted to talk about. Yeah, the, like, the sloppy cereals. Uh huh. Um, talked about the TV shows. Uh huh. Animated series is super great. Uh huh. It totally holds up. Uh huh. Um, and there's a new animated series. There is. There's the Brave and the Bold was a TV show that came out. Or yeah, I think that's what it's called. I haven't really seen it. Okay. Um, I've heard that it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh. But I think it's more for kids. It's a little bit goofier. Okay. And, I, and then, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I maybe want to talk a little bit about that Batman Beyond, which is like the sequel series to Batman. Sure. Uh, the animated series. And all I'll say is that it's pretty good, too. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I played um, a Lego Batman game with my brother. Oh, yeah. When he, uh, at his um, house in like May-ish. And uh, he loves all the Lego Wii games. Yeah. Um, and has beaten most of them. And we like started it together. So, uh, so nice. it was really, really fun and silly, and it combines all of the villains of yeah. um, Batman, and I think it's also uh, multiple heroes as well. I think eventually... Oh, yeah. I'm sure Superman makes an appearance. Yeah, I think eventually Superman is, is involved, but as at the time, it was just like... It, it's so fun and silly. I love this whole Lego revolution. I really yeah. do. I don't own. I own the Lego Batman version for Nintendo DS, which are okay. DS. Yeah. Um, but I don't have any other Lego games. But I'm thinking about getting them for the Wii, just because they are. They seem so much fun. They're really fun. They're the gameplay. The Lego is movie was so great. It's amazing. I just uh, bought it for my brother for his birthday. Oh man! I was like, will he won't. He may not even ever listen to this. He's listened to a couple Does episodes. Does he listen to these other um, He's listened to a couple episodes. I know he's listened to the one about baseball because he loves baseball. And he yeah. guested on the podcast with me and my dad to talk about Braves. Oh, I haven't, I haven't listened to that one yet. Yeah, so it was me, my dad, and my brother. We all talked about the Atlanta Braves. So there's a couple characters that kind of are tangentially connected to MBSing. They're part of like your kind of cast of characters, like Stephanie, your roommate. Yes. Who I've never met before. Yeah, but, but now I feel like, like, feel like I know Yeah, her, that's wonderful. Know? She's eventually going to do it. She told me she wants to wait until it's like... 11 p.m. on a Tuesday before I have to release an episode on Wednesday and I'm like Stephanie oh, so I don't have an episode you're like the emergency yes contact. she's very willing to be that person yeah she almost doesn't want me to like schedule her she just wants it to happen okay awesome uh-huh. oh okay so there's a couple things I want to talk about just quick facts about Batman that Please. just occurred to me I don't think people realize because I saw a documentary on comic books that got this wrong and I was like wait Whoa. a second which was they say that the Joker was Batman's first, like, villain that uh-huh. he fought. Like, the first time there was a super villain was uh-huh. the Joker. Well, first of all, Lex Luthor predates the Joker, so he's not the first super villain. But second of all, Hugo Strange is the first Batman villain. Interesting. Um, he's, like, the um, main character in Arkham City, the second video game. And he's, you know, been around kind of here and that. He's not a super strong character. He's just, like, a doctor. Like, okay. a mad scientist doctor. is bald dude. But... Has he ever this, been in any of the movies? No. Yeah, I didn't think so either. Because um, he's, he's not really interesting compared to the Joker, who's like right. super powerful. And Joker came like a couple months later. But people always, like this movie that I saw, it's like a PBS documentary on Netflix about comic books, cite the Joker as the first 
supervillain. I'm like, you guys are way off no. on that. <laughs> the other thing, though, that is true is that Batman's the first person who ever had a sidekick. Uh, at least in the way that we think about sidekicks now, like a costume sidekick. So Robin was like the first sidekick? Yeah, Robin was the first. Cool. I mean, according, uh, but you know what, the thing about this was this was also according to the documentary that said that. That so was it might be inaccurate. Off. But, um, <laughs> but the, you know, the whole reason was just because, like, and I think a lot of superheroes started getting sidekicks around that time because. If not, they would just literally be talking to themselves the whole time. Yeah. Like, we just need someone to talk right. to. Right, sure. Some bubbles in there yeah. And stuff. But yeah, so I just wanted to throw on those I love two that. factoids. I was going to say, uh, when we're, while you were talking about the Joker, I thought of one of my favorite things that I heard someone say about the Dark Knight and about um, Heath Ledger's performance is that in a lot of uh, like hero-villain situations, uh, the we see the villain or the villain you know using uh metaphorically a bomb like the villain is in control of some sort of bomb and it's up to the hero to defuse the bomb yeah you know not necessarily literally but metaphorically and in that situation i heard a movie critic say that the interesting thing about that character and that performance is that the joker is the bomb yeah isn't that cool just yeah. like thinking about all of the uh, repercussions of like what that means because it's he's such a like loose cannon. Yeah. He obviously has so little regard for what he destroys and how he destroys it. Yeah, it's not like like in the first movie, um, like there's that weird thing that's gonna like vaporize all the water in Gotham yeah. and release the fear toxin and that's right. the bomb, you know? Yeah. And like you have to go like the goal is to stop the bomb from exploding uh-huh. once you do that like you've bought yourself some time but literally the only thing you can do to protect Gotham is to take down the Joker yeah like he's set up some stuff mm-hmm. whether you stop him or not if you don't take on the Joker he's gonna kill a lot of and people and he has no like ulterior motive he yeah. just wants chaos it's so good man he just wants some people just want to see, see, see the, the watch world the world burn. burn watch the world burn yeah yeah oh so good okay uh I think it's time. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I will. I, I want before you ask this question because I know it's coming. I have thought about it a lot, but I, I'm gonna. I haven't come up with an answer yet, so hopefully I'll just come up with. Okay. It now. Okay. I'm sure that you talking yourself through it will land on something. That's what I think. Yeah. How do I'll you feel? Some good heads. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel like your love of Batman yes. has influenced your life creatively and in general? Okay. In general, is easy. So I'll start with that, and maybe that will help me with. Um, well, first of all, it's made it very easy for my friends and family to buy me gifts. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like, love that. Anything they buy me with Batman on it, I'm going to love. You're love it. Yeah, like a Batman coffee mug from Jen's parents. I love it. Like, I saw it on the shelf in the kitchen, I think. Um, and it's really great because I like to take the pressure off for that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's... Uh, but So aspects of Batman characters I think that I really admire and therefore try to emulate are like his... Um, his efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I love how um, in the comics and stuff, there'll be fights where he's like beating up a guy and he'll like be intentionally just beating him up enough to like put him down because he knows he has to like conserve energy for the next guy. Sure. And it's just awesome, like, just mm-hmm. watching him work that way and how systematic he is with like how he does things. Um, and I feel like that's something that I really strive to work for in my life is like try to be systematic and like set specific goals and then um, figure out the steps towards those goals and then just like you know whittle things down to their core when I'm trying to like solve a problem break it down to like the most simple version of that problem so Mm -hmm. it's like 
completely, you know, swallowable. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like what Batman does when he's solving mysteries. Or, mm-hmm. um, um, but Batman also just like his, with his versatility, with like how it can go from being this goofy 1960s, you know, colorful Bam Pow, holy smokes Batman, right. to, you know, Christopher Nolan's super dark, uh, legitimately sad, yeah. quality film. Oh boy. Oh, we'll see. Yeah, I guess from if you need it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I yeah. I, um, I appreciate your offer so much, I get it, I get but it. I have to meet someone at my apartment Don't after this. So, um, that, so yeah. that was the only reason I pushed on it. I'm sorry. That was really rude. <laughs> no, it you was not be, rude at all. You were being so kind and I was like, like I know nah. you don't have any clothes or anything like that, but I just heard thunder outside. So sleep in no, my house. That was, no, that was so sweet. And I was like, uh, yeah, Fuck you. Yeah, oh, God, that hurt just when you think, say it that way. Um, but, uh, okay, so. Um, I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, but then there's, like, Frank Miller's Batman, who, uh, when he writes Batman, he's an asshole. Yeah. Uh, which I actually don't like that much. I like when Batman's, really? like, a nice guy. Okay. Um, but he's, like, you know, he hates crime, and that's his driving force, and he's a little bit more psychotic. Uh-huh. But, like, there's, like, this wide span of characters. I like how versatile the character is, but still has this core, and... No, I don't know if, I don't think I do this consciously, but I do believe that I try to be pretty versatile with, like, even yeah. interactions with people. Like, I like to be able to uh, hang out with a wide variety of people. Um, but I always really try to remain true to myself the best I can. Like, I don't want to ever, like, put on a facade for somebody. Yeah. But, like, basically find different aspects of my personality to amplify and others to kind of, you know, dampen. I totally um, relate to yeah. that, but like not to, like, piggyback like, or anything. You know, like, if I'm at, like, a, a gala with Jen for uh-huh. like a fundraiser for something because she runs a charity, like, I have to go to, like, get, I get to go to, uh, ah. <laughs> uh, I get to go to, like, fancy gatherings where I, like, wear a tux and stuff, and when I'm hanging out with people there, I, like, can't be a total goof. Yeah, it's a totally know? different situation. I can't make, like, dick and poop jokes. <laughs> um, but I can't, but I can still be myself. I sure. think those people, like, wouldn't, like, walk away from that conversation. Uh, so I think somebody from another aspect of my life, they saw me there, wouldn't they be like, Andy is Who a big thing. is, thingy. yeah. Um, I but, totally yeah. can relate to that, because I, all, I very much pride, try to pride myself on, like, being the person that I know that I am, and allowing people to gravitate towards that yeah. who I mean, you think don't want to like hold so strongly to like who I am that you alienate other people right. and make them feel like I don't know dumb or like they're boring or something right. like that. So I like I like Batman for his versatility and like how you can kind of have that. this core self which is, you know, Bruce Wayne Batman and then like, you know, the tenets of that character that have out, you know, lasted throughout the ages. But uh-huh. then you can just take other elements and kind of turn, like fiddle with the dials like you're on a mixing board like turn up the I camp, totally the totally camp. relate to that um so I think that definitely is something that has influenced me personally uh huh um artistically I guess it's similar to that too I, I was gonna say yeah. if you hadn't landed on this you were already saying a lot of things that I'm sure creep yeah. into your life creatively well I definitely um I improv is is the thing that I do that I feel like I am like I, I, I'm most appreciated for of, of like the things that I do artistically. Okay. Um, I love it the most because it's so great and rewarding, and people laugh at you. Yeah. Um, you're a great improviser. Oh, stop it! You you're, are. You are, girl. Stop. Um, do you? Uh, are you doing anything tomorrow night? Do you want to do a show? Oh, I wish <laughs> I could. I have a rehearsal. Uh, well, if you wanted to show at it. seven, if this gets put up tomorrow, 
uh, before 8 p.m. We need a group opening for Bella. Really? Um, but anyways. It won't. It's going up Wednesday. I, I knew it was going up. <laughs> um, I just haven't felt the TV audience. Uh, but yeah, so I think that like, there's other things like I like, I'm not really satisfied with just doing improv. I have like, I like to do, I like to paint, I like yeah. to write, I uh-huh. like to, um, oh, here comes a puppy. Um, I like to do like a lot of different arts. I like to make music and I'm not very good at it. Um, but it's kind of like this, I like to have that versatility, yeah. but like allow the filter of Andy junk kind of everything would permeate. Through yep. Like there's some things I think are kind of the core of me, which I think if I were, if I were to pin it down, I think like I really, I, I, I like to think that I, I'm a joyful person, like that I really find pleasure in life in general. And, I truly and think that people. you are in knowing yeah. you. I think that's a, a reason why, um, like, if people like me, it's because I like them. No, like, yeah. I think that's like, if you want people to like you, like them. Yeah. And, like, that will make it so much easier because, like, people love being liked. Yeah. And if you, and I don't know. So, like, I, I think that that's, like, something, a part of me that has permeated through all of my art. And that's, like, that's the equivalent of my cowl. That's, like, my pointy ears. Aww. You know, <laughs> I love that, like, that. I like to have fun and I like to do goofy stuff and, like, Everything's going to be goofy if I do it, hopefully, yeah. and just like a dumb puppy. I um, love that. Yeah. I see here you said you didn't think you had an answer. I know, I but I knew I'd come up with it. That's a wonderful answer. Right? Yeah. I, I kind of intentionally didn't overthink it. something until I was like, Good. Oh, I love that. And I think in knowing you and knowing, you know, I've seen you improvise from time to time, and, uh, and I would totally agree with that self-assessment. I think Thank it comes through very well. Awesome. You seem to have a definite joie de vivre. Thank you. I, I, I hope I do, yeah. Um, and you as well. Absolutely. Oh, shucks. I think I try. you walk into a room and it, I think you're one of the people, I've talked to other people about this, not just on this podcast, really? but I said to people, I was like, Mary Beth Smith walks into a room and I am instantly happier. Like, oh. she is a, you're a force for good. And <laughs> own it, cry. girl. Do it. Cry. Oh, <laughs> that's really sweet. But I appreciate true. that a lot. And there's a lot, like, there's, there's People, there's a lot of people in our community, thankfully, who have that um, personality trait that I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people, but you are definitely, I mean, like, outside of this conversation, I've, somebody will be listening to this if they, if they're who I was talking to and I can't recall who it was, but we had a specific conversation about how you do that, so. That's really, really incredibly sweet. Uh, I will say a very short thing that is, uh, it was actually, um... The first time that I told a story at the Nerdlogs Your Stories yeah. event that we do monthly, it was before I was in the group. It was something that I did because I had done a show or two with them as a non-member, just like improv shows, and they were yeah. still doing shows at I.O. And uh, and um, the people in the Nerdlogs kind of like wanted me to tell something at Your Stories. The very first um, thing that I talked about is uh, included this little story, which is something that I've kind of like kept with me throughout my Chicago experience and that is uh, when I was the day that I graduated from college um, the next day after that when everyone's moving out of the dorms and everyone's like sad and confused and horrible it's such a specific emotion that like anyone who went to college I'm sure can relate to absolutely yeah and I just defaulted to making cracking jokes yeah and being really goofy and I had this construction helmet that I had bought for a murder <laughs> mystery that party that my improv team had thrown. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, so I was wearing a construction hat all day when we were moving in and out and making, like, all these construction jokes of, yeah. like, 
alright, like, coming through here, yeah, you know, yeah, just, yeah. like, being stupid, and one of my roommate's mothers, who I knew relatively well at that point, because I lived with her for two years, and, you know, through, as much as you can know someone's mom through that kind of process, she just kind of stopped me in the hallway outside of my room and was just like... Cut it out. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Quit hey, goofing around. Cut this shit out. We got serious <laughs> things to do here. And she was just like, Mary Beth, I don't... I know you're, like, thinking about moving to Chicago and, and you know, whatever that entails. You just have to know that uh, you have a joy that not everyone has... And you have to figure out ways to share that with people. Yeah. So whether it's moving to Chicago and performing there or whatever you end up doing, just like keep remembering that you have this joy and you have to share it. Share your joy. And I was like, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. It was like no one had ever said anything like that to me before. And it was so specific. And now I still every once in a while think about it. And it like keeps me honest. It like keeps me. Yeah. Well, you have uh, a responsibility. Like you you have this gift and... Like, there are people who are going to be sad and, and dour, and maybe the only joy that they will have is through people who can bring it to them. Like, yeah. they, they don't have it inside them. Yeah, and so I... So, you, you can do that. I And it, I hate, like, I almost hesitated to even tell that story, because it kind of makes me feel like an asshole of, like, no. hey, guys, I'm a pretty happy person, but, well, like... Listen, anybody who knows you, you've, oh. you've, earned, enough, you've earned enough credit, <laughs> you can tell a couple back-padding stories. I think you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, it's still disclaimer. It makes me feel like a little bit of an asshole. Okay. Well, I don't think that that's that's on you. <laughs> so my little selfish moment at the end of your podcast. Great, 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 great. More, more, more. Anything else? Um, Any more see. Batman stuff? Uh, Any more? I think that's. Yeah. I think we did good. Well, I did want to say that Two Face is awesome. Oh, I'm so that. glad that came yeah. up as well. I mean, well, the Rogues Gallery is amazing, but I just want to say specifically Two Face. I feel like doesn't get his due as much. Um, in terms of what like, a cool villain! Such super great. Joker is awesome. And and we talked about Dark Knight without talking about Aaron Eckhart. Yeah. What are we thinking? Uh, great Harvey Dent, mediocre Two Face. <laughs> Agreed. But I love Aaron Eckhart. Dude, what a handsome guy. He is so attractive. Um, is he in? Is it Thank You for Smoking? Yes. Yeah. Oh, he's great. He's in Thank You for Smoke. I could name a lot of movies he's in. I've Go seen on, too many it. of them. Ooh it. boy. Uh, Thank you for Hold smoking. On, wait, wait. Let's do this. You name. Aaron Eckhart movies, and I'll match you with Freddie Prince Jr. movies. Oh, I love okay. this. Thank you for smoking. Thank you for smoking. I'm going to say She's All That. In the Company of Men. Head Over Heels. Uh, Baghead. Summer Catch. Uh, <laughs> and I won't do sequels. Uh, uh, all Your Friends and Neighbors. I Know What You Did Last Summer. I Frankenstein. Scooby-Doo. Ooh. I got more in the, in the, in the shoot, too. Um... Man, it's because you put me on the spot. I'm sorry. I've seen so many. It's okay. Well, I, was, I, was, I want to get this one up. Wing Commander. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Battle LA. Um, oh, well, I, you had to kiss him. Now it's your turn again. <laughs> yeah, I know. You already said two. You're right. All You're right. right. Well, we don't need to do this. So maybe we can... <laughs> <laughs> well, call it, I think we need... I don't think the uh, studio audience needs us to... They can IMDB it. If <laughs> We're just showing up. This was lovely. This was thank so, you so, so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and loving it and then wanting to be a part of it. And I, I do think it's important for everybody to know that I asked to be on the podcast. Um, <laughs> so she does sincerely. She says that she likes it when you do that. She does mean it. I, that's why I did it. So. Uh-huh. You sh- if you have something interesting to talk about, you should do it. Right? I totally agree and back up everything that Andy said. Yeah. Because to me, when someone asks me to be on my podcast, it means I know they want to be here. Yeah. I know they have something they want to talk to me about. 
And if I ask someone else, I get antsy about, do they even want to do this? Are they going to be inspired by something that they love? Everyone has one thing they love. If yeah. you don't have one thing you love that you want to talk to me about, reevaluate. Just pick something. Go, yeah. to, go to the library. And grab read everything. Grab three shelves. Read everything. Yeah. And then, and you, then you have it. You get there to keep it forever. I totally agree with you. Yeah. If there's something that you casually like and you don't feel like you know very much about it, learn more about it. It doesn't need... Like, I think... For me, I think this is, I think, I think definitely something artistically with Batman that has led me to believe it. it's like, I did not stumble upon Batman. I mm-hmm. chose Batman. Yeah. And I devoured it. And yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I think that's so cool. That's, I think artistically you can do that too. Like, you don't have to wait to be inspired. You can just create a bunch of content. Yes. And some of it's going to be good. Yes. I absolutely agree with you. Um, and I think that's a great message to go out on. Right? We got loads of messages. Andy Junk. I love you and I mean that. I knew that was coming and I'm very excited. I love you and I mean that. This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.